Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Dr. Sid Govindan and John Young from Evacor. So Sid, I think, you know, one thing when you, you, you start talking about all of this high tech and digitization and such, uh, you can't have one of these conversations without talking about security, right? And all the hacking that you see these days and, and, and all the reports. So, um, so what, what are we doing about that? And how's that, how do we look at that? Yeah, no, it's, it's obviously um, a huge concern in healthcare um, when it comes to protecting health information um, and the ability to keep data safe. Um, so, you know, we work within um, a very secure environment as it relates to um, utilizing technologies that have naturally existed or historically existed, as well as new technologies to help ensure security as data moves back and forth. So as I mentioned, um, you know, the messages that we receive from EHRs um, come to us in a secure way. And this, this 278 kind of standard has been around for a while. Um, and the way that data gets sent um, is through an, an encrypted way in, in which that data gets sent to us such that, you know, we maintain security. Within our applications itself and, and the various systems that they run in, you know, they run, um, we use Azure, uh, a Microsoft product that helps, um, you know, have our, have our systems cloud-based, but also provides a level of security around those that helps us maintain um, that, um, that level of security with our data and our processes um, as, as data flows. The other thing I will mention is that, you know, one of the critical tenants of security, especially in healthcare, is really having the, the clinical knowledge and the expertise and the generalized understanding of all folks that work within these organizations of the importance of keeping healthcare information protected um, and how you deal with it, right? A lot of security breaches that occur in various companies can typically be tied to, um, you know, the actions of individual employees related to um, obviously someone with kind of a malicious intent trying to, you know, penetrate um, on that level. But it also speaks to a general culture that we have um, at Evacor, I will say, in my experience with the Boston office and the folks that work there of, of coming a lot from healthcare backgrounds and just that general understanding of the importance that goes from, you know, the senior most people to the clinicians, to the engineers that, um, you know, there's this importance to keeping all this information safe. Ultimately, there's a patient at the end of it that could be affected with if anything occurs bad in terms of a security breach, as well as even our technology you know, not working as it should. And so it's, I think it's also that general culture that allows us to um, approach the data in the appropriate way. In addition to obviously the standards, the technology, um, the third party systems, you know, that, that exist um, to help us keep that data safe. Excellent. Yeah, you know, Julius, I, I think it's safe to say we, we as an organization have been dealing with data security uh, and standards for, for a long time. I mean, that is the core of, you know, our business and, and the, you know, the, the promise of our business is to keep the safety and security of that data at all times. So we're constantly, you know, doing checks, um, security checks, any, anything, testing, whatever, to ensure that our, our, our um, pipes and interactions with providers and that clinical data is safe and secure. You know, one of the things that, that the, the promise of this work that we've been discussing really sets us up for is continued innovation around, you know, what's going on with the, the healthcare market and how health and, and uh, wellness and then risk 
really of, of bearing the cost and the burden of healthcare is shifting. And as we work through this automation and as we work with providers to learn, you know, how they're wanting to interact with us and the need and the, you know, the continued uh, reliance on accessing a trusted group like Evacor for evidence-based medicine, curated evidence-based medicine, as you mentioned, by our, our number of clinicians that we have on board that, you know, I, I, I don't have the statistic right off the top of my head for the rate of change of clinical knowledge, but it's exponential. And for, for us to then learn how to engage with providers via, via prior authorization, which is really kind of a, a retrospective review of the decision process to where providers would like us to, to be working with them, which is more in the front of that process to give them access and give them guidance and to be a part of selecting the right and appropriate procedure it is a is a focus of ours and, and we're learning as we go through the experimentation process that Sid mentioned, you know, where we might actually accelerate clinical decisions and accelerate access to care by working better in the, the provider's actual clinical workflow. And, and and so, you know, if we can get a better partnership with those providers that are taking on risk and be a value to not only the ecosystem of healthcare, but to those providers as they make decisions, you know, I think we all win. And, and that's, that's really, you know, where we want to get to is not, not be in the way, not, not fully be out of the way, but be engaged in a partner as, as we truly redefine healthcare and redefine, you know, how to drive better care to, to the patients and the customers and communities that we serve. I think it's a great point, you know, because we hear that all the time, uh, right? The, you know, the potential for, for the delaying of care for patients through this whole pre-authorization process. And I think anything we can do to address that, uh, I, I think is important. But I, 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 I love the idea of sort of that, as you bring up that, that partnership sort of concept, you know, because, uh, you know, historically, uh, the relationships, you know, with health plans and the providers or the RBM industry and provider has been uh, not so much a partnership and somewhat adversarial, I think. And, and when you get into the value-based uh, kind of arena, um, there's, you know, it's, again, from the, especially from the specialist perspective, I think, uh, they struggle a bit knowing, you know, which is the most efficient sort of way to work up this patient, which is the most efficient way to, you know, to look at this and get to the answer that you need to get to in the, in the most expedient and efficient way possible. Uh, and I think, you know, our guidelines are written that way. Uh, those, those guidelines are used uh, in some institutions, like uh, next time we'll be talking with the uh, University of Colorado and their radiology department. And th that's one of the things that they do is they use our guidelines in a very sort of uh, interesting and, and uh, novel uh, sort of way. But again, uh, I think they think of us much more as, as a partner uh, than an adversary. And they know that we're not there to sort of deny care. Um, we're really there to make sure the patient gets the most appropriate care. And so we do have some issues sometimes, you know, getting the information uh, to make that decision. And I think that's where the, you know, in telepath process and all is going to, you know, revolutionize, uh, you know, the, the, the way we get the information and, and our ability to make those decisions accurately and expediently. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to, uh, to more of that. 
so all of this, John, sounds like, um, again, incredibly compact, complex. That's a ton of work that has gone into it. Uh, it seems, uh, are we talking like 10 years here before we sort of see this come to fruition or what are we, what are we looking at? No, you know, um, so that's a great point. I mean, uh, you know, the, the crystal ball um, as to how healthcare is going to continue to change and evolve specifically due to the, the environment we're in today is, is definitely going to have an influence on how long it takes to, to scale technologies within providers to make the, the connections on a broad basis with the EMRs that, that matter and to continue to add new features and functions that make the, the product and make the, the workflow really efficient and effective for all. Um, will, will take a while, but I think the, the good, good news is that the, the efforts that Sid described in regards to uh, using artificial intelligence, using NLP and machine learning are already in production in our systems and they are um, assisting our providers in, uh, you know, eliminating some of the burden on their process. In addition to that, you know, we are in the process of, of moving that connectivity that Sid talked about, the 278 standard, into production to where we are, are now getting prior authorization straight out of the EMR into Evacor and having really strong success with you know, very, I won't say instantaneous turnaround of, of approvals, but really very near real-time turnaround of those cases that can be approved. And um, our goal is to, to scale that, and we're starting to scale the connectivity aspect of what we call IntelliPath Connect, and we're moving that into market. We have a pipeline of providers that we're starting to work with, and I think 2021 is going to be a big year for us really changing the dynamics of our interactions with providers. I think the other thing that's really helping right now is the work that the industry is doing on developing standards for prior auths and, and other API connectivity models to support prior auths, which will help us expand beyond, you know, just the core few set of, of EHRs and EMRs into other systems that can help um, alleviate that burden off of a provider. So you think there's complexity on our side and there's complexity in the prior off side. It, I mean, look, the complexity on the EHR and EMR side, it's, it's been the uh, bane of, of a lot of our existence. Um, so this is a new frontier. It's going to take a while, but, but we are moving and we're moving fast. Next time on Off the Cuff, we're going to be coming to you from the University of Colorado Department of Radiology, where we'll be talking about uh, their team and how they do pre-authorization and how they use the Evacor guideline. Mm -hmm.